You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast by Naturally Randy Kay, a show dedicated to taking good care through connecting with the natural rhythms of the seasons and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than a buzzword and a good intention. It's a vital tool for your healing journey that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore the nature within and remind ourselves that we are our wisest healer. Hello again, world, and happy Earth Day week. It was Earth Day earlier this week, and it's perfect timing because I'm excited to be back together with you here to talk about all things Earth and nature and coming back to it while it's at the top of our minds. But first, I want to mention something. Thank you for all of your kind words about my last episode about the messiness of spring. Like I mentioned in the episode, I was nervous to put it out because I do know that it's rambly. Um, It's less curated than I like it to be. But so many of you related to the messaging of it and how we were all kind of feeling a little chaotic uh, the past couple weeks. So thank you for letting me know. And I love hearing from you guys on Instagram, but also responding to my newsletter. It always makes me feel like I'm not just sitting alone in a room talking into a microphone for no reason. (laughs) So keep those words coming. Um, And I'm glad you appreciated the candidness of it because I want to get better at rambling and I think find a balance between letting words flow naturally, and also being somewhat curated so we can get the message across in a relaxing and concise way. So I'm going to experiment with the freestyle, organized freestyle. How about we call it that? Um, And we'll just see how it goes and see how it's evolved. And also, like I mentioned last week, I'm going to be coming out with episodes every other week-ish for the rest of season three, just to ease my way into this season change as well. So that all being said, let's move on to this week's subject matter of coming back to nature. So springtime is a time of waking up of coming out of hibernation and remembering and introducing ourselves to what is around us. Now, depending on where you're living, it's not, not everybody lives in the traditional four seasons. And if you're in another part of the world, you might not even be going through spring right now. So come back to this one when, when you're ready, but springtime in general provokes those feelings of blooming and growth and being like, oh yeah, here we are. Here's what we're capable of. Let's be out into the world more. I'm noticing here that we're having 60 to 70 degree days and I'm still in my winter habit of tucking in um, right after work and not really doing too much. But then I look outside and I'm like, but wait, 
it's nice. And I have to, it's like kind of moving through mud a little bit to get myself outside. So we have to give ourselves some grace in breaking the habits of winter. So being outside doesn't seem like this foreign kind of chore we have to do. And so to help with that, a motivation I like to think of is that this is the time of refueling. Winter is still in my mind and I can think about what it's like and that helps reiterate the importance of really refueling myself properly and taking advantage of all of the wonderful things about these nicer months. And so I sit there and I think, okay, I know I really don't want to be inside. I know I get to reap all these benefits of the sunshine. So let's get up, get at them, get out there. Then once I'm out there, I'm like, oh, yay, this is wonderful. (laughs) But it is a little bit of a struggle. So this episode is all about remembering why we love nature. And hopefully I can provide you some some tools and just some things to consider to help motivate you to come back to your own version of nature for this time of year. Last night, I got the opportunity to go to a screening of the Banff Mountain Film Festival, which is super exciting for a couple of reasons. One, there are no mountains in Fargo, North Dakota. (laughs) And I used to live in the mountains, so it was really great to have some mountain culture here. But also, that film festival has never been to this area before. And so, thanks to my friend John at Nature of the North, he convinced Bamp to come. So, I got to just sit there and bask in the beauty of nature and mountains. And I don't know about you, but whenever I watch things like that, I get super happy, but also really emotional. I get emotional when I see these gorgeous places of the planet and people doing amazing things there. And I get this twinge of like envy, (laughs) but also just a craving to be there. So it was a great reminder of how much I love exploring and love adventuring. And I always know that about myself. I've known that for a long time, but to see it and experience it again was just such a great reminder. And so it's even just fresh in my mind and fresh in my heart space right now. But it also reminded me of how my relationship with nature has changed and evolved over the years. I lived out in Utah for almost 10 years. I worked as a lift operator. I went rock climbing. I worked for REI and backcountry and it was my life. It was what we did. for fun on the weekends, on a daily basis, I could be up having some sort of adventure in like five or 10 minutes. And moving back to Fargo was kind of devastating in that way because one, the culture here is not really an outdoorsy culture and nature is different here. It's a more, the plains, the prairie, and we can go into Minnesota and experience the lakes, which are which is really wonderful, but it's more subtle and you have to try a little harder. And the terrain isn't that extreme, but the weather is. And it's taken me a while to really know what to do with it. And honestly, I've neglected my outdoorsy self, especially this past year. And I keep forcing it to, I keep thinking, I I keep holding on to this go big or go home mentality, whether I'm backpacking in the backcountry or I'm not doing anything at all. (laughs) 
And so whether you've changed locations or even lifestyle things, you've, you've had kids, you've changed jobs, you are going through a stressful time, the outdoorsy things we like to do aren't always available to us. And so it's important to think, well, what is available to me right now and how can I make the most of it? And that's a question that I've had to keep asking myself living in this area, but also this time of year and what plans I want to make for the summer. What is available to me? What can I do? And how can I connect with nature regularly in a very intentional way and be okay that it's not what I see at the Banff Film Festival, but in my own backyard with my own little herb garden with walking down to the river that's just a few blocks from my house? How can that be enough? And how can I recognize that that's still the same nature? It's the same big blue rock that I love, you know, it's the same planet earth that I get to connect with. So I challenge you with wherever you're at right now, whatever the seasons look for you right now, think about how you can connect with the nature around you right now. And as it continues to evolve in the next few months, how can you budget your time, your resources and prepare your life in a way that can make it more accessible to you and fit more into your lifestyle. That's the key. My springtime adventures got a little bit of a jump start this year. I was able to be in California uh, back to back for some teaching events, which were great in and of themselves, but it allowed me to wake up my love for nature a little bit more a little earlier than usual. It started out in Palm Springs teaching at Alt Summit and the desert blooms were gorgeous. (laughs) And then I got to go to Lake Tahoe right after that to teach at a women's retreat called Nine Retreat, which is amazing. And Kim Ventola, the founder, has been on the podcast, so I highly recommend you go back to that episode. But before the retreat started, I got to visit an old friend of mine, Rodin Eliasoff. He has a cabin there that he's cozied up and turned into a little adventure station with his partner, Mariana. And that was a really wonderful excursion because it's still, there's still quite a bit of snow up there. So I got to have some fun in the snow and I haven't been able to do that all winter, but I also got to sit and have a really great chat with Rodin about making nature a priority. So for context, Rodin is a brilliant engineer with a background in aeronautical engineering, so making things fly, basically. And he even gave a TED Talk on flying cars last year, which he never told me about. <laughs> uh, I... I I mean, I suck at giving him a professional introduction because honestly, I don't really know him in that way. We met at my yoga teacher training 10 years ago in Costa Rica, and we've been able to stay friends over the years, and we connect on things other than work. But in the context of this conversation, his professional background is really interesting because he's always been such a huge inspiration for me in making outdoor adventures a way of life. And... 
he's really able to find that balance between technology and nature. So I sat down and had a chat with him while I was there a couple weeks ago, and we talked about how to blend the worlds of tech and work with nature and self-care. So I'm going to share some bits from that conversation with you now, and you can gain some inspiration from him as well. So let's see. I spent a lot of my childhood out in the mountains, and so tall pine trees and the smell of pine needles uh, and the feeling of the pine bark and the light that goes through the pine trees are some of my earliest memories of um, of a thing that feels like home, but that is just somehow always available in a way that, you know, the forest is there. It's just there and it just grows and you can just always go to it. And, and the mountains smell different <laughs> and the air is different and everything is a little bit uh, to my eyes, more accentuated. Like the light is sharper, the air is crisper, the views are like, bigger, um, and it carries with it like, this feeling of space, uh, but at the same time feels cozy and safe in a way that like a home does. My first memory that I actually have is like being out on some hike with my grandparents very little obviously they probably carried me um and then from the time i was like five and a half we would go on these like two-week treks through the mountains in bulgaria which was like a very common thing for like kids to do uh big groups of like 20 30 kids with like a few adults and you would just like go get lost in the mountains and you had to like find your way and there was markers and huts and you have to find the hut and sometimes you don't sometimes you get lost and um like an important part that i think uh relates to healing and self-care is that in that experience um we all somehow manage to find play and comfort in a way that um I think is not always available in like mountains, like mountains are complicated and you have to know what you're doing and there's weather and everything is, you know, everything requires some, some conscious thought, but you can transform this, like the feeling of getting lost into a feeling of like getting lost. And it's, <laughs> um, and I feel like that, like that mechanism carries into other parts of my life, a feeling of like trusting that, you know, the world will provide because I've had that experience in the mountains. And that's where I first remember having it. Like a thing that could be dangerous, could be tricky, requires a lot of attention and management and yet can be very healing. Um, and it can feel like a playground. And I think the feeling of play is a very important thing that I look for in life, um, even for things that are serious and important there's always room for a feeling of play and like I've always been able to find that in the mountains. So you've worked in, well you lived in San Francisco for a while, mm -hmm. right in the heart of the city and you worked as an engineer and a CEO of a tech startup and that's like a pretty fast-paced 
hectic life. And, and for a lot of people, it's kind of soul crushing and like health destroying. And so how did you navigate that life in a way where you still kept all these values and, and your love for nature and your ability to play? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it soul crushing. I would call it like soul demanding. Like it certainly puts (laughs) a lot of demands on you and, um, like something that I have observed about myself is that there's like there's certain things that help me recharge uh, so that I can be present to the other things in my life that are important. And so having this cabin was pretty important because it was just like a nature a la carte, if you will. Like all you got to do is show up here and then everything's fine. Well, even when you lived more into San Francisco, you didn't have a cabin, but you had your truck. Like you had, I feel like you've always had some kind of version of what this cabin represents. Cause you would just run off in your truck and camp in there and you made a bed and you like, there was a part of your life that was always just ready for adventure, made it very accessible for you. Uh, that's true. And I feel like, yeah, that feels like a lifeline. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, if everything just goes nuts, I can always just like go find the mountains and the places that I love. My <laughs> my my license plate uh, says escape plan. <laughs> uh, Mariana came up with that, and I've kind of adopted it as a again like a like a lifeline mm-hmm. symbol. So. You're a consultant now. You help a lot of people with their businesses and their structure and all of that. If you were to consult someone who is deep in the hustle, they're building their business, they're running around doing all these things, they are a nature lover at heart, but they're having a hard time incorporating that into their lives and into their pace and commitments and all that what would you say would be the first steps into creating that kind of that sacred space of getting back to that nature? I think, I mean, first of all, um, it's an incredible privilege to be able to do that. And I wasn't always able to just like go and find that for myself, but I also have been lucky to, have very clearly identified what fulfills those parts of me and what nourishes me and, and allows me to be my best self. And the recipe for that with me has been pretty simple and pretty clear, like a little bit of headspace, a little bit of mountains. <laughs> um, and that has always just worked. And so that's the first part I think is finding what that is uh, and not in a, um, not in a, like a bandaid way, like, but in a, but in a f- fundamental expression of something inside me that actually makes a profound difference for how I get to my best self. And so somewhere in your question, there is a, there's this assumption that, that you can know what that is. And I think that that's the first step. And then 
I mean, you just have to actually recognize it and make the effort. And the effort is not that great. I mean, it's actually just getting out, you know, it's making it relatively easy to be able to get out and actually just doing it. Um, you know, you just have to find it and, and go. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. No, I think that's good because we, we overcomplicate. We have a tendency to overcomplicate everything. And the, I mean, that's the thing about nature. It's just, it's there. There's, it just, you just got to go to it, <laughs> make time for it, get clear on what you, what kind of nature you resonate with the most. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want you to like leave this in the podcast, but it's a little bit like peeing. Okay. Like when you really have to pee, like you just go. <laughs> and if you're in like a meeting, you'll still say, I'm sorry, I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. And everyone will say, of course, go to the bathroom. And then you'll go and then you'll come back. And everyone understands. And I feel like that's a type of self-care. And so is <laughs> and so is going to the place that's your happy place. I mean, sometimes it's just sitting in your favorite window and reading a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and just creating a space that's free of distractions and communicating to the people around you that that's what you need and then doing it. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like getting in the truck and getting the hell out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's lots of other things that fulfill that. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in. I think it's good. Well, and I always say that like developing a self-care practice, when you consider it as a need, as like, brushing your teeth. Like it's just part of how you get ready for the day, how you refresh yourself and your body. Like you got to go to the bathroom. Like you got to go to nature. Like you've, you've got to go to those things that bring you joy because if you don't, there are consequences. Yeah. Gotta pee. You gotta pee, man. (laughs) Got to get out. If you haven't peed in a while, you're probably dehydrated. Yeah. And that's another thing. Yeah. That's another thing. You gotta drink water. (laughs) Then you gotta pee. (laughs) So you and I met 10 years ago this year at a yoga teacher training in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So in, I think that's a fun fact for many reasons, (laughs) (laughs) but for the purposes of this conversation, it also explains that there's this aspect like that you also make the time for that deeper connection of like what yoga and meditation can do. So how has that yoga education or your own practice, how does that show up in your daily life? Um, that's a great question. So the reason that I did the yoga teacher training is I, 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 I haven't taught much, uh, but I feel like it actually, it helped me get yoga in a particular way that I hadn't previously by just like doing yoga. I think that yoga and meditation, um, there's like times where I do the more, there's times where I don't, but they also feel like this sort of a, like a lifeline, like a guarantee that a thing like that is available. Sometimes just knowing that it's available is actually like 
is important because it helps you get out of your head and you don't, you know, it's easy to like, it's easy to always believe what you think and get caught in it. And both of those practices um, have always been just like a reminder that there is this like whole reservoir of other stuff that's just there. And just knowing that it's there actually makes a difference because you can turn on the faucet and like get a little drip when you need it without necessarily making it like a big production. So I think for me, it's just all those practices are, uh, they become like a, like a library of like attitudes and mindsets. Why is it so important for us nowadays with all of the technology and cool things that you're involved in creating in the midst of the growth of that? How do you balance that with still connecting to the natural world and why is it important that we do that? For me personally, there's like all the demands for attention get to me. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. And I happen to have discovered like one set of like one set of instruments that balance that and allow me to be a little more still and present um, and less, you know, um, kind of quiets down the racket in my head, which is always on standby and like ready to go. I'd like to think that getting out to, you know, whatever nature is in your backyard, it always has something to offer to offset the like busyness and the demands for attention. But you know, if there's like other ways that have nothing to do with nature, like I'd very much like to know what they are. And I think it's not the, you know, like nature is like the boat that gets you across the river. Uh, but like there's other ways to get across a river. And so I think it's just, it's important to find some way to, like once you find that space that recovers your balance and recharges you in the ways that are important to you, once you just like, know what that is and you've been there once you can find you can always look for the things that get you there but i think it's just useful to periodically stand in that space and remember that it's there and remember that it brings some value to your life the inner workings of rodent's brain (laughs) um okay i guess One last question that is similar to the one I just asked, but maybe more clear of how do you balance your love for technology and being immersed in it with your love for nature and making sure you get immersed in that as well? And do you feel like they're at conflict or do you feel like they're not? Because that's a common thing to feel like it's either or. I mean, I feel like they are in conflict, but it's an important conflict that I have and it's fine to have it. I get bored easily. Like I don't get bored, but like it's easy for me to get bored. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always end up gravitating to something, something to build, something to experiment with or like learn about or whatever that is that usually has to do with the types of work that I've been doing. And the reason that I gravitated to engineering and aerospace is that it, it stimulates parts of my brain that are also very rewarding. And so that is 
that does feel like in my head, that feels like a, a different set of pathways from the pathways that just like exhale and relax into nature. Uh, and so they are, I mean, conflict is like such a loaded word, but they, they do feel separate. And when I do too much of one, I really need to find the other. And so in that way, they're like always in some tension, but I think it's a healthy tension and somewhere in that balance is my life. And it feels good to have both. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw one out and call myself healthier. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Anything else you want the people to know? Yeah, just look. I guess the thing is to to look and be ready to notice the things that fulfill you in ways that maybe you wouldn't have anticipated. Like look for things that would surprise you in the ways in which they like nourish you. You know, sometimes it's the right type of people that fulfill parts of you or bring out parts of you and having a good quiver of people that allow you to be like fully self-expressed and all the things that are important to you is important. And then finding the right environments that allow you to get in touch with those parts of you is also important. Cool. Cool. I like it. I like it too. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for making me look. <laughs> You're welcome. With our radio voices. This is not my radio voice. <laughs> what voice is it? I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be. Because it's going to be on the radio waves. Kind of. <laughs> you can't see it, but he's literally waving now. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Rodin. Thank you, Randy. That was some good R and R, Randy and Roden. High five. High five. So yeah, that's Roden. He's pretty great. He actually just started posting his Jeep adventures on Instagram, so you can follow him at Hub. That's E S C Plan Hub for Escape Plan on Instagram. But a few things I want to reiterate from our conversation is that deciding that. Getting outside and connecting with nature is a need. It's just like any other <laughs> need that our body has. But you just do it. Don't overthink it. Just go. Just get outside. Walk out your front door. See what happens. It really can be as simple as that. And then also to set up your lifestyle to support it. So have your gear ready in a bag to just throw in your car and go, or if you want to picnic, you know, have that in your kitchen. One of my struggles is that my, all my gear has been tucked away in the corner of my basement. And when I think about doing anything outside, I'm like, ah, oh, then I got to go into my basement and I got to figure out this and I got to clean off, you know, blah, blah, blah. So just get it ready, get it ready to go, have it to go bag. And have it easily accessible. And then get clear on why you need it. 
because of your current lifestyle, how can you counter that with nature and allow it to balance you out, allow it to be, as Rodin puts it, what, what gets you across the river. Just experiment and see what helps. And the main takeaway from this whole episode that I want to reiterate is that nature is here for you and it's so vital that we connect to it. Spring is the perfect time to wake up and savor the nature around you and maybe even establish a new relationship with it. Maybe that relationship has been dormant for a while, but you're feeling it. And when I say these words, you're like, yeah, now is the time. So let it be the time and let it look for you however it needs to. I know that I'm not going to be like the people I see in the nature movies and the outdoorsy documentaries right now. And that's okay. Nature to me right now is very simple and very basic. And sometimes it looks like just connecting with my houseplants. But let however it is for you right now be okay and be enough, just like with any other form of self-care. Embrace it, enjoy it, and let it be a healing opportunity. And please connect with me on Instagram. Show me how you're connecting with nature. Tag me in a post. I would love to see that and connect with you on that. I'm on Instagram at naturallyrandyk. That's naturally R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y. And you can also stay connected with me through my weekly newsletter, The Simple Letters. Simply go to my website, naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter to sign up. And I love interacting that way. Just respond to my newsletters and we can have a whole conversation and it's really fun. So hopefully I will connect with you either of those ways. And I wish you well on your reconnecting with nature adventures. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune in to their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.